Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show is a movie that has been on my most awaited movies of the year list for two years running because of multiple delays and pushbacks. But it's finally here, even though I didn't get to see it in the theater because it didn't open here Damn you, A24, I love you so much, but why did you have to do me this way? It's just, it's not even right. And if you haven't figured it out by now, the movie that we are talking about is Under the Silver Lake, which is uh, David Robert Mitchell's follow-up to It Follows, starring Andrew Garfield. It's a, uh, a mystery, a very noir-themed mystery that uh, brings to mind movies like The Big Lebowski and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice, and these kind of weird stoner mixture of noir, mystery, detective-type movies uh, where things unfold and unravel, and there's clues, and there's just a lot to look at, a lot to dig deep into, and uh, a lot of fun to be had if you're down to go on the journey with the lead character. But joining us for the episode is first-timer B. Garner. Uh, you actually did hear her on our Avengers Super episode, but this is her first time doing a full-length episode here with us. Uh, really glad to have her on the show. And uh, it's a great conversation about a great movie that uh, there's really... This episode could have been like a solid three hours. There's so much to talk about with this movie. Um but we get into as much as we can with it, and there are a lot of puzzle pieces to talk about. Uh, so before we get into the conversation, I do want to remind you to please make sure you're, you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And uh, also, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And you can join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, a movie discussion group, where the conversation about this movie and all the other movies we talk about continues. So, without any further ado, why don't we jump into this conversation about today's movie, Under the Silver Lake. All right, so we have got someone new here on the show today. Joining us is B Garner. B, how are you doing? And thank you for being here. Hey, yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, it's really exciting to be on. So thank you so much for letting me join you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you've been, you know, someone who I've interacted with a whole bunch on the whole film Twitter world. And so I'm just, you know, really happy to uh, finally get you on the show. And, um, you know, I've read a lot of your work and it, it'll be great, especially for this episode, because, uh, you know, your breakdown <laughs> of Under the Silver Lake was very, uh, a very interesting article. And I mean, there's so much, it's such a movie that you can go just so deep into. And, and yes. I think your piece uh, really did a great job of uh, starting that journey anyway. Yeah, I, I don't even feel like I scratched half of it, like any of the service. It's just like, that's so, it's a great film to sort of to discuss with someone. I've been itching to discuss it. So oh, this is nice. great. Um, oh, I just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Where do you even begin? <laughs> I know. Well, before we do begin, why don't you uh, give people a little uh, background about you since it's your first time on the show and uh, about your, you know, writing, your podcasting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm B. <laughs> um, I currently write for a, a few 
different sites. Um, my main focus is Filmotomy, um, which I host a podcast uh, for. So we basically deal with sort of a whole range of films, but we focus on female filmmakers, documentaries, independent film, world cinema. We're just doing a big massive thing about Cannes Film Festival at the moment, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also write for Jump Cut Online, Ready Steady Cut, and a few other places. Um, if you just need me, I'm there. So <laughs> <laughs> like a, a sort of superhero, you know, swinging in and helping out whenever I can. So absolutely (laughs) sorry i've been watching avengers so i I mean yeah you just got back from it so i'm sure it's on the minds a little bit yeah i may be like just and obviously andrew garfield was spider-man so there you go absolutely um so yeah uh i i think um i don't know exactly how talking about under the silver lake i don't know what parts we're gonna actually be able to dig deep into and all that as we're going through puzzle pieces and all that uh but i'm sure we're gonna talk about quite a bit of you know what makes this movie as uh you know crazy and uh you know i don't know if deep is the right word in this case but it is deep but um yeah, why don't we jump into some puzzle pieces? What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Okay, so this is probably going to be maybe the most obvious one, but I'm going with Rear Window, uh, okay. the Hitchcock, uh, Hitchcock classic, um, which is uh, about a, a, a man played by a James Stewart who is um, spying on his neighbors um, mm-hmm. after breaking his leg and, and being sort of confined to being in a wheelchair and he happens to witness a murder or does he mm-hmm. um so i think under the silver lake there's obviously uh, the main character is spying on his neighbors that's oh, yeah. pretty much our introduction to him uh and he stumbles onto a possible murder <laughs> Um, yeah, we're we're, we're still not mark. quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, something something goes down anyway. Uh, but I think there is a lot of Hitchcock references in in this film. Sure, and I'm glad you're you're bringing that up uh, immediately. And I I knew you'd be bringing some good. Uh, uh, you know, good reference to to classics like that because obviously, for people who listen to the show, I'm I'm not as good as I should be when bringing up classic you know films. And I actually have seen uh, Rear Window a long time ago, though. Uh, but it, I do think it's funny though um, using that a, as an inspiration because I think it's it's definitely uh, definitely a, a perfect example. Um, but it's funny that the character that Andrew Garfield is playing. Um, you know, he's not stuck in his house. I mean, he mm-hmm. just, it's just what he does. He's just sitting around looking out his, <laughs> look at, looking at people through his binoculars and, uh, just being kind of creepy, really. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just, I think it's really odd. Like we don't even know what his job is in the film. Yeah. It's, it's just got, you just think you've got like so much to do, you, but you just rather want to spy on your neighbors. And, He's yeah, he does do it in a really creepy way. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's an interesting character because uh, you know, and we'll get into it more with some of the other puzzle pieces. But I mean, he uh, he he's not a, really a character that you um, you know, you want to identify with at least yeah. not not very much. So. <laughs> yeah, he certainly he doesn't make it very easy for you to get on board with uh, his. Oh, oh, his motives and just yeah. him in general. He's a bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I certainly wouldn't want to hang out with him. That's for sure. Sure, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I'm gonna go with another pretty obvious one. Um, although it's a character that maybe you'd want to hang out with a little bit more. Um, and that is the Big Lebowski. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of, uh, comparisons to the big Lebowski and, and, uh, you know, that whole kind of stoner noir feel, uh, out there in a lot of the, uh, you know, press about this movie. And, and I think it, it really holds up. I mean, this is, you know, this whole just like weird, constantly unfolding mystery, um, with a character who's kind of, you know, not really any, you know, any form of a necessarily good detective, but, um, he's, he's doing his best to you know figure things out and and put the pieces together and uh he's just kind of uh it's funny in a way 
it's almost like the world is happening to him um and he's not necessarily uh you know good at, at detectiving it De- is detectiving a word yeah with an ING? we'll go with it i mean it, it's <laughs> it's a episode about under silver lake so we can make up whatever so. Anything goes. Anything yeah. goes in this world. <laughs> but so, yeah, and, yeah, and you know, it's got a lot of that that whole stoner energy too to it as well. So yeah, I definitely picked up on that. Um, I think as well, it's kind of uh, a lot of it is this surreal sort of element to it, and, and like strange dream sequences as well. So mm-hmm. you definitely, yeah, that's a really good one. I'm. I'm annoyed that I didn't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was my the first one that came to my mind when I was watching it. I mean, Big Lebowski is such a uh, such a favorite of mine, and you know, the movies that are like it. I mean, we actually did a, uh, a Breaking It Apart episode on the Big Lebowski, which is our side series where we go backwards and look at movies that we're inspired by. If this had been out yet at that time, I would have definitely cited this movie. Um, and, and there's not a lot of movies that do it well. And that's why when something like this comes out, I really want it to be good. And I'm really glad that, you know, it seems like this is a very love it or hate it movie. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, definitely I'm glad to fall on the love it side. I'm glad it's, you know, a movie that does it well and, and interesting. Um, so, uh, what do you got for your next puzzle piece? Okay. So next puzzle piece is a, um, a uh, cult classic from John Carpenter, and that's 1988. Uh, they live, mm. um, which uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, an interesting film. I, I don't have you seen it at all. They live is one of those movies, and I talk about this on the show a lot. One of those movies where I'm sure I saw it back in <laughs> high school, and I mean it's been so long, but I certainly know of it, and I know of its like you know, its themes and, and its place in, you know, in pop culture. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like with the sort of strange conspiracy um, theories mm-hmm. in Under the Silver Lake and secret societies and um, the, uh, the, the homeless king, um, yeah. <laughs> who I love, by the way, I was just like, that's the, my favorite character in this film is the homeless king and they're also yeah communicating in their own sort of hobo language um i get this it kind of reminded me a lot of the the world in they live with um is it uh roddy piper's sort of um homeless guy just sort of drifting and he sort of ends up in this like little community and happens to come across these sunglasses that when he puts them on reveal that the world is uh, being controlled by an elite secret society of um really sort of creepy people (laughs) i don't want to give away too much um (laughs) but i got like watching under the silver lake and the more they sort of dived into this um secret underground world and and all these uh different type of people and like pulling the strings or are they pulling the strings uh, and this right. sort of, although there isn't any sort of magic sunglasses um <laughs> that the character wears <laughs> uh i i think he if he was given a chance to to put those on i think he would definitely sort of jump at that chance he's so keen to find a conspiracy but i don't think there's necessarily a real conspiracy there um so i i just i was just watching it and i think that also kind of the humor as well there's quite a mm. lot of um like very dark jokes in under the silver lake um, sure. yeah, very dark comedy yeah uh some of it i think doesn't necess- necessarily land quite well and um, you feel very uncomfortable but i guess oh, maybe yeah. that's the point uh, oh, I I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, and you know, um, and by the way, spoilers are cool here because okay. we're <laughs> expecting pe- we're expecting people to have watched it before listening to these. Um, but uh, you know, I I think to your point there with they live it, which is a great puzzle piece, and I hadn't thought of it. Um, uh, but to your point, you know, the songwriter scene um is I think one of the one of my favorite things I've seen this year in the movies. Um. And him just like like 
saying that he had written every single <laughs> popular song that he that that Andrew Garfield's character loves and you know just it was just so funny and so like it it was it just kind of spoke to me in such a way because you know I I'm a big music person myself and uh you know the idea that 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 it really is all just hidden messages and they they really are just uh you, you think <laughs> that you've got your favorite artist but but really they're just pulling the strings on you and 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 telling you what you uh you know what you're going to be listening to and what music's going to define you and uh and, and that's so they live you know that's like such a perfect parallel to they live with the the hidden messages and all that stuff um <laughs> it's, it's so funny it's just so crazy I, that scene like oh my gosh you just uh, it just escalates <laughs> and, then it, and then it's just like <laughs> he just gets up with the rest of his like sort of the rest of the film and you're like uh okay we're not addressing that all right <laughs> moving on <laughs> that is one of the things that i love so much about this movie is that um as he's continuing to uncover things they don't really matter to him even though he's finding mm. all these secret answers and secret things i mean really when it comes down to it he just cares about finding this girl and i i think that's so funny because he's obsessed with these hidden messages and meanings and all that but he doesn't really care about them when it comes down to it. It's all all for the means of just finding this one thing, um, which I think is just such a, a brilliant um, a brilliant way of looking at conspiracy theory minded people, mm. and you know that it really comes down to just uh, kind of proving their own already inherent biases that they already had in their minds you know um yes. you know, yeah. I, another another scene actually before i get to my next puzzle piece that i think adds to that same thing that i'm saying there is the nintendo power uh moment which mm. was really huge nostalgia for me i mean i actually had some high scores in nintendo power when i was a kid um but the fact that he's searching for what could npm mean and he's searching on on google and there's like hundreds of things that it could be and oh the thing that it is is the nintendo power issue that he has sitting right there in his living room it's so perfect because that's the thing about conspiracy theories is i mean they always work out in whatever it is that you already kind of had in mind <laughs> you know that's like the funny hidden secret of conspiracy theories is that they're they they don't make sense but they make sense to you because you know that that's exactly yeah. what they are they're your mind playing tricks on you basically <laughs> Yeah, that so is a, funny. A, it's just like such a, a coarse sort of really convenient sort of thing. And I think that's why this film is quite divisive in, uh -huh. that, in that respect, because uh, it, it's just like oh, frustrating as well. It's like, of course, yeah, it's obvious that, you know, it just happens to have this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what I love yeah. about it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's like it, it's it's totally in on that, and, uh, and and you know what that that's actually a good uh, uh, transition to my next puzzle piece. Then, um, which is uh, you know people who listen to the show know that uh, adaptation uh, from Charlie Kaufman, Spike Jones, my favorite movie, um, and I I think that there's a uh, a little bit of a parallel to. Uh, the Charlie Kaufman of the movie who is slowly starting to write this version of the story that he really didn't want to be writing in the first place. Um, and so the movie is kind of becoming the thing that he didn't want it to be. I, I think, um, you know, David Robert Mitchell, he, he's making this movie that is about conspiracies and conspiracy theories while at the same time making fun of them and and it's exactly the thing that he is kind of indicting and, and uh i i think it's it's just really funny and beautiful that the way that you're able to pull off that and um and and really just like it, it's such a fine line to to draw where <laughs> where it's uh it is that thing but it's also making fun of that thing and kind of pulling back how silly that thing can be and um and kind of as a, a little bit of a bonus puzzle piece to go along with this one um i was thinking because that's more of a character based thing mm. with adaptation a little bit more of maybe a uh a uh, straightforward version of this same puzzle piece would be uh, Ben Stiller's Tropic Thunder, which also is 
an action movie that's making fun of action movies yeah. within its own uh, within its own confines. And I think it's just so funny the way that that uh, a director can pull that off and really be the thing that it's making fun of. Mm. No, I agree. I love the uh, topic, uh, Tropic Thunder type of thing because it's also so meta in that yes. sense. It just, um, yeah, you just can't really watch any of those type of films again without thinking of that. I, I feel like the same way with conspiracy films now. I'm just going to be thinking of <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, next time you think of hidden messages in a movie or like any any movie that's got like multiple readings and all that kind of stuff, you're just going to be like, Under the Silver Lake did it too, and they did it and really just drew it back on itself, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what I like about this film is that um, I, I, my, my take is like there is no conspiracy at all. It's just all in his head and everything. Mm. But if you go onto like Reddit and you go onto like forums and stuff, people are really taking it like apart and analyzing it until like some of the stuff is like, how are they jumping to that conclusion? It's just amazing. And I have so much respect for them. Like, you know, they, they really put the, the effort into it. Like, trying to work out what the parrot is saying and um how i saw something about how certain objects on a table end up looking like the map of the united states of america (laughs) Uh, i was just like really does it it just looks like stuff on the table maybe (laughs) it's beautiful it's so beautiful that that that's exactly what they're commenting on in the movie and here we are just falling right into place and doing it It's so funny. Oh man. Uh, So, what do you have for your next puzzle piece? So, um, again, I'm going back to Hitchcock, and Mm -hmm. this one is uh, Vertigo. Okay. And the reason I sort of chose Vertigo is for a a few reasons, a lot of different things, but a few of them are obviously the missing girl and uh, trying to track someone. And uh, there's those lovely sort of scenes where Sam is following the girls who happen to, uh, uh, I've forgotten her name already. Um, uh, the, uh, the Rilo Kelly Yes, character. yeah, I feel bad that I've forgotten her name now. Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, yes, yes, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but uh, yeah, so he's, following her friends, uh, driving through um, LA. And it's just the way it it reminded me of, again, James Stewart, (laughs) uh, following um, um, uh, Madeline um, Mm -hmm. in the streets of San Francisco and those long sort of, um, you know, shots where they're just driving. And uh, I got that sort of vibe from that. And I also think as well in terms of like the score of the movie, Mm. feels very much like the music from Vertigo uh, and the camera work as well in certain scenes is a brilliant part uh, at the start of the film where I think uh, it's like some sort of animal falls from a tree yeah yeah and the the camera says, does that sort of vertical pull out um, yeah and, there's some really cool shots like that yeah. in the movie and, and it's like just that sort of way that the camera follows him and moves around and it's yeah it feels all very sort of like like again this sort of homage to Hitchcock I think um yeah if Hitchcock was um alive right now he would be saying that this is his favorite film because it's got all the things (laughs) that he loves about it it's got like voyeurism it's got a beautiful blonde uh uh, it's got a a a guy sort of going crazy (laughs) (laughs) i'm assuming hitchcock was probably a dog person too so there's that yeah (laughs) i think so possibly yes actually he was because there's a lot of him in uh, there's a cameo i can't remember which one it is i want to say it's psycho uh, where he's see you can see Hitchcock walking. He's got some dogs, and they do look very similar to the dogs that go missing oh, in yeah. under the Silver Lake. <laughs> that is probably completely intentional. It's or it's just a coincidence. I'm probably gonna... <laughs> there. You go. It's yeah, seriously. <laughs> there I there I go, falling right back into this movie's trap. 
Um, <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a great puzzle piece, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, you know, and I think also like to to go back to the main thing of of uh, Andrew Garfield's character uh, following them around in the car and everything. Um, it, it, you know, it's a testament to him uh, as being a great actor. You know that. You know, this guy is kind of, you know, kind of a shady character. And we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, how he's not really a good guy or anything like that. But but following him around is really just a joy to watch, I think, because he's uh, he's just so magnetic on screen. And and uh, it, it's really it's really fun to watch him. I, I, I'd love to see him in more roles like more roles where he gets to be a person and not be, uh, you know, like a Spider-Man or anything like that. I know. I thought um, my favorite bit in in the film is actually when he wakes up and he has the Spider-Man comics <laughs> on his hand. It's great. And it's just stuck on there. And he's like trying to pull it off. I thought, oh, that that is just brilliant. But it, it's, you know, there's a lot there to say because obviously the character is still stuck in this sort of, acting like a child really like a teenager he still he lives like a slob and plays oh, video yeah. games um so it's not just the fact that it's a reference to andrew garfield's um you know past days as uh you know uh your friendly neighborhood spider-man uh, but uh he's also the character is sort of clinging on to his childhood and and he really should be learning to to let go and i mean he's about to be kicked out of his apartment and he doesn't seem to care at all <laughs> <laughs> not even one bit <laughs> well uh i'm gonna go with my next puzzle piece and uh this one actually is another coen brothers movie i brought up the big lebowski earlier um and this one is burn after reading uh and this one may seem like a little bit of a stretch at first, but the reason why is because uh, when it comes down to the very end of Burn After Reading, it really, it, the point of it all was that there was no point to any of it. And I, I feel like in a lot of ways, that's kind of what's happening here with Under the Silver Lake. I mean, he didn't, re I mean, he learned things, but he didn't learn things. He didn't grow. He didn't, uh, he didn't even really successfully complete his mission. I mean, he did find her, but to no end. I mean, she's still going, uh, you know, going away with her cult situation or whatever the hell it is um and you know really when it comes down to it everything that he learned it's like it's kind of going to just burn out and his memory is just not going to really expose any of it none of it really matters when it comes down to it and i i think that's a beautiful thing i i love nihilistic films that like kind of have that that point of view um it, because it's just like just such a comedy to that to to the idea that you're following this this whole journey and adventure but really to to no real conclusion nothing nothing is gained by the end and i, I think that's just so funny yeah i've i've kind of thinking in a sense he does grow as a character um he sort of has to address his whole sort of issue with his past relationship as well and mm -hmm. um the the scene where he's got the dog biscuits he's you know still clinging on to the fact that she you know she had a dog and um he carries him around and maybe he feels like he can reconnect to her mm -hmm. um but whether he's going to use that as like a motivation to actually get a job um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's really, it's really odd. It, it doesn't... You're definitely more optimistic about it than I am. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's very, very possible because I mean, he does seem to at least acknowledge, uh, acknowledge the uh, kind of, uh, you know, the 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 rut he's got himself stuck into. But he is also under the influence of whatever they drugged him with. So I mean, <laughs> who knows if any of it's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's all just a dream <laughs> a I, don't, I don't think dream. it's a dream <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got for your next puzzle piece okay so obviously we've spoken a, a lot about conspiracy theories and mm. the 1970s saw a lot of conspiracy films come out uh, I guess obviously with Watergate uh, I think mm. it was just sort of a reflection of the time so I've got 
Um, I'm, I've got three different films, but I'm going to list them off one by one. But um, sure. if I go with the, my first one, which is called, um, from the 1974, um, it's called uh, The Parallax View. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this one. I have not, no. Okay, so it's a really weird film. I can't really, I had to look up the plot of it on Wikipedia because it's just like really, really hard to sort of tell. It's one of these, it's like Under the Silver Lake. It's really weird, like stuff happens in it and you're just like, okay, this has just gone in a real strange place. I didn't think it was going to go. Uh, <laughs> but it's... Uh, stars uh, Warren Beatty and uh, he's a political reporter who happens to witness um, a presidential candidate be assassinated uh, and he sort of looks into it and there's this mysterious um, corporation called the Parallax Corporation which may be involved so again we've got this secret society um, trying to cover something up uh, and a murder because uh, <laughs> a pattern here <laughs> yeah sure so he begins to investigate and uh, others who sort of share his suspicions start to to turn up dead and i think that you know that happens here in under the silver lake is you know people who sam sort of comes into contact with don't necessarily have a great end <laughs> right for sure for sure yeah uh, and then he um um warren um uh, beta's character sort of uh, ends up uncovering a conspiracy which is bigger than he ever thought and uh then really strange things happens and there's brainwashing involved and a really weird sort of uh, sequence uh, which yeah just people should just go look it up because this, sure. this kind of ends up like Clockwork Orange where character is being forced to watch scenes and is being brainwashed and ends up like a <laughs> being told to go assassinate someone so there's a lot going on there <laughs> Sounds pretty damn good. Um, I'm not. I it's one of these films which you either love it or you hate it. But sure, uh, I don't know whether it's necessarily dated well. Hmm. But I was just watching when I was watching Under the Silver Lake. I was just thinking of all these seventies conspiracy films, and I was trying to think of the most obscure reference that I could think of. Sure. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. So you said you had two others uh, mm -hmm. that are kind of similar? Yes. So uh, the more sort of um, well-known one would be All the President's Men. Mm -hmm. uh, again, like uncovering conspiracy, but this one is a bit more straightforward and uh, is an actual conspiracy because it's based on a true story. <laughs> um, so it's uh, based on Watergate and the whole thing with Nixon. So that one is, yes, uh, uh, that that generally happens so <laughs> sure. and the next one is uh three days of condor um starring uh uh robert redford as a quiet cia codebreaker who walks into his workplace one day and happens to find out all his co-workers has, have been murdered um hmm. so then he uncovers that um, there's a conspiracy within the CIA um, who were uh, higher ups were involved in the murders and then he sort of has a, a hitman coming after him and has to sort of convince uh, a beautiful girl to, to help him uh, but again there's like the conspiracy elements on there and just the sort of mood of the film it ends in sort of a, you could either read it as an optimistic ending or you could read it as like a really sort of oh my god like that's yeah there's no winners but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just right on there's just so many of those films from that era <laughs> yeah no i totally see the parallel between those kind of films and you know just like as a total aside um this wasn't one of my puzzle pieces necessarily, but you know, one of my favorite movies of the last few years, The Nice Guys, I think was inspired by a lot of those movies as well. Um, and I, I was almost thinking about using that as a puzzle piece for Under the Silver Lake. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just got that that same kind of just like a big unraveling conspiracy mm -hmm. that they're uh, that they're 
pulling together. But of course, in Under the Silver Lake, nothing necessarily adds up when it comes <laughs> down to it. But uh, but those are definitely the kind of movies, though, where you know those those conspiracies are like just so full and rich, and just so many uh, so many cool ideas being put together. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all right, cool. I, I I like those. Those are good. Um, my next puzzle piece. Uh, so th- this one's a little weird. Uh, but <laughs> it has to do because I feel like this movie um is very very strangely almost contemporary. Uh, mm-hmm. there's so many references to things that we you know that that are very specifically now things you know the iphones everybody has uh you know they're talking about amazon and they, they have the drone they, yep yeah. they got the drone uh there's the la cemetery screenings which are very popular in los angeles um a lot of talk of various pop music social mm-hmm. media all that kind of stuff and so i just felt it was such a very now movie in a way that 10 years ago i felt that scott pilgrim versus the world was Oh, yeah, um, yeah. and so it, it, it may be a little bit of a weird comparison, but, uh, I just felt like that, that youthful energy and just capturing the now for these young people, uh, which I mean, I'm not that old, I'm 38, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, but capturing that, that youthful energy, I, I think is, uh, is something that made me think of Scott Pilgrim and then another, another way. And it's something we've kind of touched on a few times through the episode, but, um, you know, Andrew Garfield, Sam, you know, not not a very good person, borderline misogynistic, I think. And uh, it, it wasn't, nobody was talking about that back when Scott Pilgrim came out, but I think there's been a lot of think pieces about how Scott Pilgrim is a kind of misogynistic character uh, in retrospect. And so, I mean, that, that kind of an archetype of a character who's just, you know, very, uh, you know, women are just kind of sex objects to him and not really, uh, you know, not really having really great relationships with women. I, I think it's another kind of heroic character, but who has that that those flaws, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think as well, like uh, both Scott Pilgrim and Under the Silver Lake have so many sort of references to like growing up in the 80s and the 90s that I think absolutely, like, you know, our generation sort of get in terms yeah. of like, you know, especially Scott Pilgrim is so full of game references and, you know, uh, music references but even under the silver lake feels like a bit like uh one of those weird indie games <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> where you have to uh, just walk around picking everything up and thinking does this work is this gonna help me is this a clue <laughs> that's funny that you bring that up i was almost going to use that as a uh, puzzle piece at one point so i'm glad you brought it up but yeah like those point and click adventure games where it's like yeah, you don't really know, uh, you know, what to click on, but there's clues everywhere, and there's things that can be combined. And I mean, look at like when he uh, combines the map from the Nintendo Power with the map from the Serial Vox. I mean, that is like straight out of one of those, uh, you know, Grim Fandango or one of those kind of games. Yeah, there was a. Yeah. What's that game? Like I played it, and I was terrified of a, a amnesia or something like that. It's like a horror-based game where you're trapped in some sort of castle and you have to get your way out, but the you oh, have like to it. go around, pull out drawers and look for things and uh, read bits of paper and like notes and stuff. And that's how you find your way out of this this situation. And I feel like someone needs to make Under the Silver Lake as a game. I would play that, <laughs> that so much. I, that would be awesome. That would work so well. Yeah. yeah, I never played that particular one you just mentioned, but I used to play those games all the time. My favorite back, I mean, this is like way back in like the 90s, uh, back on, on DOS, MS-DOS, but my favorite was, uh, I think it was called The the Dagger of Amun-Ra. You were this woman that uh, is trapped in a museum after it closes. Mm-hmm. And there's like a killer in the museum and it was great. And like, just the puzzles were just so good. But uh, <laughs> I love it. I love that we brought up uh, graphic adventure games. Those are, yeah. I used to love those games so much. I don't, I don't think we're going to get a better puzzle piece than that. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, do I even say my last one here? I don't, I don't even know. It's too good. <laughs> well, I, I only have one more. Do you have any other puzzle pieces? I have a couple more. Um, okay. I guess one of them is possibly too recent for, to its account. But mm-hmm. um, I they they have a lot of similarities, and, and this one is burning. 
the um, oh, okay. South Korean film that came out last I, year. I still haven't seen it, and it's like towards oh, the top so of my good. list. I know. Everybody says it's so great. I need to watch that. I won't give too much away, but um, I feel like almost like Burning is under the Silver Lake's more serious like cousin. You know, mm. they kind of have the same sort of thing with like a woman going missing and the main character isn't particularly likable you know he could be read as sexist in a way um he sort of <laughs> is maybe suspecting someone's a murderer and they might not be and there's also like a sort of power dynamic going on and and cover up as well um except and the ending like i don't want to give away the ending but the ending is just like uh, like uh, so bleak uh, and mm. you just feel like once it's happened you don't really know what to think like everything you think about this character that you've sort of got to you know you're more on his side you know towards the end of the film and then he does something and you're just like okay well um yeah, I, I don't know now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So I don't know whether I can really count that one because it's quite recent. I don't think, obviously, David uh, Robert Mitchell's got around to seeing it. Uh, but I feel like another one, which is possibly one that he might have seen or at least knows about, would be 1984's Body Double, um, the Brian De Palma film. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, which... I, Again, it's about a, a young man who happens to uh, watch a, a woman. Uh, again, this sort of idea of watching um, women and, and without them really knowing about it. Uh, and then she, this one's a little bit more X-rated. And she happens to be, uh, I think, like an adult film star or something. She's like... Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he witnesses her murder or does he <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again there's this sort of uh like conspiracy to, to cover it up but it's very much like De Palma's work was very like heavily heavily influenced by Hitchcock uh but he sure. sort of took it to the next level um and I don't think very many of those films have aged well especially like <laughs> the 80s films you sort of go back to watch them and you're just like oh these are yeah these are not that great <laughs> <laughs> yeah 80s is a, a strange time for for film um you know i mean the the big blockbusters can still be fun um but a lot a lot of a lot of movies are just like Ugh, oh boy <laughs> you, you feel like you have to go wash yourself after watching them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like uh de palma is one of those um directors like you either love him or you hate him and I'm still trying to decide my like do I like him or or not so <laughs> Body Double yeah definitely was a film that I just couldn't really get on board with <laughs> gotcha gotcha but yeah no absolutely a good uh good comparison though there and I think that works great as a uh, puzzle piece anyway and obviously plenty of people can't get on board with under the silver lake so <laughs> <laughs> well right on i've got uh one last puzzle piece um just a quick one and that is uh ryan johnson's brick um mm. which also took like the noir genre and gave it a very very young uh perspective uh this obviously a little bit older i mean you'd imagine these people are all out of high school at least but maybe not far out maybe uh you know early 20s mm. um Andrew Garfield, I, I don't know how old he is, but he looks so young. It looks I like feel like he kid. never ages. Like I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. He just gets a little more stubble. That's about <laughs> it. But he just looks so young. And all the, all the people that he's surrounded with in this movie all seem so young, too. It just has such a youthful energy, and I talked about that a little bit in the Scott Pilgrim puzzle piece. Uh, but... But yeah, it's just there's such a youthful energy to the movie and mixing that with noir is what, you know, made me think of Brick, which is such a great movie. Yeah, I've just looked up the age of Andrew Garfield and uh, I was shocked. Uh, he's 35 years old. Wow. He does not look 35. 
No, he does not at all. What is <laughs> his secret? Crazy. Maybe if we, I don't know. we have to, like, the secret is under the silver, like, we have to just, like, yes. unravel yeah, it. Yeah, we got to piece this thing together. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, this is a big secret. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Brick, I'll just tell you that. I'm going to confess that now. I haven't seen Brick. Oh, okay. Uh, I know, like, Brick is one of these films that everybody talks about, especially on film Twitter, I feel. Um, and I've been <laughs> meaning to watch it for such a long time, so I will have to watch it now. Absolutely, and I should watch some of those movies that you mentioned earlier <laughs> that I maybe watched in high school, but I don't really remember that well. Um, but I certainly know all of their places in film history because I do pay attention, even though I don't watch <laughs> as much of the old movies as I should. So, with that being said, uh, why don't we go ahead and do our finished puzzle, and then we will uh, get to any closing thoughts on Under the Silver Lake. So the finished puzzle includes Rear Window, The Big Lebowski, They Live, Adaptation, Tropic Thunder, Vertigo, Burn After Reading, The Parallax View, All the President's Men, Three Days of the Condor, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Burning, Body Double, Brick, and, you know, we didn't mention it, but uh, we couldn't mention Inherent Vice as well, along with Big Lebowski, because that's another one of this little theme, I think. It fits in really well. Uh, I was just thinking about, oh, I should have brought that up, so now I'm bringing yeah, it up now. Yeah, I but... just thought of Mulholland um, <laughs> Drive as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that works too. It, it's very, just... got a lot of those kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Any film set in LA where someone goes missing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is the kind of the ultimate. This, this, this is it. Um, no, I totally, totally agree. Uh, and I'm going to actually add those to the list real quick, just for when I put it on the website. Uh, yeah, you have to think, have I got the one? But uh, right on. So, like... yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other like closing thoughts about Under the Silver Lake and uh, about about the kind of mind trip of a mystery that this movie is? I I think it's one of these films that is going to uh, gain a real cult following, and I think mm -hmm. that people will go back. Maybe not, you know, uh, you know, in a few months' time, or it might take a bit longer. It might be two years. It might even be five years. But I feel like people will go back and they'll appreciate it and it will become more of a classic. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a lot about it that is very relevant to what is happening in society now, especially oh, yeah. in terms of like masculinity uh, and, and toxic masculinity and, and mm -hmm. the male gaze. And I feel like we almost have to overcome all that uh, in order for us to go back and look at it again uh i feel like this is a film that is almost ahead of its time in that respect i agree absolutely um i, I think that this is definitely a movie that and i think it knows that it is dealing with the male gaze in a very heavy way and uh and and, and i think it it leans into it to kind of make a point about it but I, again, I'm not 100% sure because it's it's so hard to tell because they're really playing with the idea of art meaning things, you know? And so it, it really just makes it so difficult to know for sure what the director's, uh, you know, what his intention was. But I, I absolutely agree, though, with the things that you're saying there. And, uh, you know, one uh, quote from the movie that I wrote down that I just think it really just kind of encapsulates a lot of this movie is uh, we crave mystery because there's none left. Mm. And I think that that's just such a great little line of dialogue. And it, it really like kind of sums up the movie in a lot of way, how not, not just the characters are looking for mystery within, you know, their world, but we're looking for mystery within the movie. Um, we want there to be mystery. And it's like, did he ingrain this with all the mystery that we think he did or are we just kind of finding it because we want it and i think that's just such a great little commentary mm -hmm. and i think as well is the the simple fact that uh, it doesn't have a straightforward ending and nothing really mm -hmm. gets tied up is really what life is about like in, in life there isn't any real answers to some of the questions that we we ask and you know we can either sort of go with it and just get on with our lives or we can let it consume us and just become obsessed like Sam does. 
That sounds like a good movie to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what, one last thing, um, and this is my little fan theory I wanted to share with you um, that I've been thinking about all morning. Uh, and this is, of course, plays right into what I was just saying about how they want us to, you know, search for mystery and everything. Um, I have bitched so much on Twitter about A24 not giving this the proper theatrical release that it was supposed to get. Um so my little fan theory is that what if they did that as part of the mystery to play into our own little theories that we could start formulating and whatnot? Think I'm crazy no, or am I on something? I think I, like a, <laughs> almost like a deliberate marketing campaign of not doing a marketing campaign. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it's crazy, but I mean, it's possible. Yeah, maybe. I, I think as well, it's one of those films which is really hard to sell to just like a average film goer. Yes. Like, hey, come watch this conspiracy film, which is may or may not be a conspiracy film. Uh, <laughs> and there's a dog killer um, who may or may not be a dog killer. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Everyone loves dogs. No one wants to see dogs going missing in their films. And an owl killer who may or may oh, not yeah. be an owl killer. There, there's all kinds of killers that may or may not be the, what. There's no telling with this movie. So, <laughs> I, I definitely, I really want to go watch it again, and I feel like I could write about it. Like if you told me, like you can only write about one film for the rest of your life, I think I will have enough content from under the silver <laughs> lake. Just keep going and keep going and keep I, unraveling. I will find out what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much, V, uh, for being here. Um, as we usually do at the end of the episode, do you have anything you've watched recently that you'd like to recommend? Um, <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> 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 um, I think I watched a really great film recently, which I just kind of want to, to get more people to go and see it. It's I, I don't know whether it's out in the US at the moment, but it's definitely out in the UK. And that's a film called Wild Rose, um, which is a lovely little film um, about a woman from Glasgow who wants to become a country singer. Uh, and there isn't really a country music scene in the UK at all. Uh, but she's trying to, to get enough money saved up so she can go to Nashville in the US. Um, but she's also sort of just come out of prison and is trying to reunite with her mom and her two children. So uh, it's a lovely sort of film a bit, um, with some great music and great performance from an actress called um, Jessie Buckley, I believe her name is. Um, she is amazing in this and she does all her own singing and you just get goosebumps. It's, you know, just a, a really great film. So, um, awesome. I, yeah, I don't even like musicals and this one was just perfect for me. I was just like, uh, started tapping along to the music and I was like, <laughs> I like country now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been slowly uh, letting country uh, get to me lately, so I, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. I've heard good things about the movie, um, so right on. Uh, and then, you know, of course, uh, if you'd like to plug your uh, website and all that. Uh, yes, you can find us, uh, find me at Filmotomy. Um, that's F-I-L-M-O-T-O-M-Y. Um, and like I say, we do... Uh, loads of great content looking at a whole range of different films uh, you know, and our own podcasts uh, which we've just recently done one on Lars von Trier um, so yeah mm. the, you thought Under the Silver Lake was controversial try watching a Lars von Trier film <laughs> 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 right on well i thank you uh thank you again so much for being here and uh, i'm looking forward to uh having you back we're going to be talking about high life coming up for the vod release so uh thanks again for being here and looking forward to doing it again no problem at all thanks <laughs> If you like podcasts and you like science, come on, baby, listen to us. Oh, my God. Is that good?
Yeah, that was that was epic. Listen to the Mad Scientist podcast on all of your iTunes and other listening things. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. And we sing. We sing. We sing a lot. We sing for science. Yes. We talk about science. We talk about history. We talk about ghosts and monsters and UFOs and things. And it's a lot of yeah. fun. So come learn about yes. ghosts and UFOs and physics and chemistry and a little bit of biology. And about economic collapse. On the Mad Scientist Podcast. Those guys get really, really excited about their podcast. And you know what? That's pretty cool. I'm glad they do. That's uh, I need to get more excited about piecing it together. Yeah. Well, I was really excited about that episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Under the Silver Lake is a movie that is out now on VOD and definitely worth checking out. I really wish I'd gotten to see it in the theater, but hey, you know what? It is what it is. More and more movies are going to come out that I'm not going to get to see in the theater. This shouldn't have been one of them, but it is, and so it is what it is. Thank you to B. Garner for joining me on this one. Uh, I had a great time talking to her, and she's going to be back again really soon for an episode on High Life. Uh, and also, I uh, want to mention... Uh, over there at Filmotomy, they have a thing going on called Festival Cinephilia. It's a uh, fundraiser for cancer, and um, you can find out more info about that. I'll have a link in the show notes, or you can just go check out Filmotomy on Twitter uh, and uh, get more info there. So that's something worth checking out. And uh, I guess that does it for today. I want to remind you all, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And you can also rate and review us on iTunes, which would be amazing, especially if you gave us five stars. That would be even better. You can also join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where the conversation about all these movies continues. And uh, what else can you do? You can go to our website, piecingpod.com, and sign up for the mailing list. That would be pretty cool. I got some more uh, giveaways and contests that I'm planning on doing real soon. So I think you should do that. I think that's about it for today. Why don't we finish this thing up? We got plenty more piecing it together coming your way. So let's finish it up with a song. And uh, I think, you know what? This is a movie about looking for clues and things like that. Why don't we finish it up with a song called Under the Dust, which I don't really know what I was thinking of when I named it that, but I mean... Under the Dust is certainly a place you would search for clues, right? So, hey, that kind of fits. So this is Under the Dust from my third album, Head Like Fire.
and all points west.